we are being attacked and we are unfortunately allowing it to happen to ourselves. Hi, Onyx fam. Welcome to the Onyx Life, where change comes with challenge. Every episode, we take you on a journey, moving you from the struggle life to the Onyx Life, creating happy homes, financial empires, and exploring the lighter side of life. My name is Merthel. And I'm Rita. Today on Health Wednesdays, we're going to talk to you about fast food genocide, how processed food is killing us, and what we can do about it. And this is by Dr. Joel Furman. So I don't know... If you're like me but I happen to really like fast food I like the fries at McDonald's oh man it's so salty and good and then the waffle fries from Chick-fil-a oh that is good that's good stuff now I don't eat meat anymore and I haven't eaten it for years but when I did I loved Whoppers that's right oh my remember goodness. we used to have that that um, debate whether you know whoppers are better than and you would be coming up with some other places like in and out in and out okay first of all <laughs> you know you weren't raised in LA so I don't expect you to have the appreciation that I do but I love in and out I mean who I used to love that burger Merthel's complaint was oh it tastes by. too gamey like too meaty well that hello that's what makes it taste so good but the burger love king, it. the burger king burger the smoky nothing it was different truly it's truly different than in and out but i could i love them both and i remember one summer i would go to in and out almost every single day for lunch and just get um the burger but i don't like their fries though i don't like their fries i think that their fries could use something so imagine like the mcdonald's fries or the waffle fries from chick-fil-a with a burger from in and out or the waffle fries oh, used to do all that with the like whopper be... no i'm saying oh. imagine oh imagine See, I, oh, i'm oh. not like you i don't go to five different places and, and put it all together oh, and mash to. up a meal you i don't have, do that you have to do that i can't it's, it's that's a it's, waste of time for me no it's important because no, then but... you get the best of everything that you want like you you can only talk about it on a podcast but what about if you just did it no, I see Just this is it. why I don't like to do that is because I like to have the differences so that not everything is always the same. If every day I got the best of each place, then I wouldn't even feel like going out. Sometimes I want the taste of a smoky whopper and sometimes maybe I want the nice meaty taste of an in and out. Like if I were to go and get everything all the time, it just I, I, I don't know. I personally don't like to do that, but it's neither here nor there because I don't eat meat anymore. Oh, so true. no more chicken nuggets, no more of that. But it's been a while though. Like what? How many years now that you? Oh man, I don't eaten, know. Like fast food meat and all that stuff. I really don't even remember. It's been years though. Yeah, definitely years. But yeah. fries. I was still. I'm, I mean, now I'm not. Especially after reading this book. Uh. Uh-uh. But mm. lately. But but I mean, I had recently up until now still been eating fries, and it's like someone tells you, oh, they have you know foaming um, chemicals in there and all sorts of stuff. Foaming. Okay, I foaming? don't even see. What's foaming? Well, it's anti-foaming or something. Um, yeah, you anti-foaming mean- agents. So for me, I'm like, well, why would a French fry foam? Why do they need it on there? Mm. But, you know, I don't know. And and the thing is, one of the things we really do like, though, is the breakfast menu at McDonald's. Yes, we do. Um, what did they put formaldehyde in? Like, there's something that had formaldehyde. Is oh, I don't any- know certain fries i mean they're just constantly putting like, yeah these but we're gonna chemicals. get into that but the thing My is goodness what we 
have enjoyed Krispy Kreme and all those things, pizzas, all those things. Yes. This book is talking about that. But he's not only talking about that, that kind of fast food. He's talking about processed food. Right. Boxes of stuff that and that we bring home. The crackers, the chips, the cookies, the stovetop, the rice aronis, the craft macaroni. All of that is fast food. Everything. I mean it's not fast food as far as your definition of like going in a drive through, but it's fast food. But in it's the prepared fast. Of, right. It's right. the definition of you being able to prepare it really quickly. That's right. I mean even Quaker oats. Yes. Even Quaker oats. Like quick quick Quaker oats. What is it that we learned just recently about Quaker? That it had the uh, weed killer in it. Weed killer. Weed killer. See, that like, was what causing in the cancer. world is going on? Like, people, are you paying attention to what is going on with our food? This is not food anymore. This is just chemicals. And they're flavoring it. Remember when Jim Jones put, like, poison in the Kool-Aid That's and right. basically killed all those people? And you're just wondering, like, everyone's like, don't drink the Kool-Aid. That was like the saying, don't drink the Kool-Aid. But seriously, like this fast food genocide is much like just a mass killing of people. People are putting poison in our foods. And it's not even food. First of all, first of all, it's not even food. Well, if you ask Dr. Furman what he calls this food. He calls it Franken food, like Frankenstein. He calls it Franken food. Right. So in this book, it is trying to educate all of us on what we're actually doing to ourselves. He says, we are facing a tragic and unprecedented destruction of human lives in the United States and much of the developed world. Processed, fake, and fast foods have become the primary source of calories in this country and they're on track to become the same in other countries. This attachment to fast food over natural foods and fresh produce is moving us toward widespread chronic disease, mental illness, and shortened lifespans. Wow. Yeah. And what got me with that is that a lot of people think, oh yeah, okay, chronic disease, yes. But mental illness? He's going to really go in depth in this about the mental illness portion, but... Well, I mean, he uses strong words, genocide. You know, um, genocide, the definition of genocide is the deliberate killing of a large group of people, especially those of a particular ethnic group or nation. And he's calling this genocide. And it sounds like, and when you, the deliberate killing, like there are people, do you understand what this doctor is saying? This doctor is saying that this society and many in the industry are deliberately trying to kill people. And I have to agree because if you're putting weed killer in our food, if you're putting formaldehyde that's supposed to be for dead bodies in our food, if you're putting chemicals that belong, that do not belong in food, in food deliberately, then you are deliberately killing people. Right. Right. He says that the idea that unhealthy food leads only to weight gain and not unhappiness and disease and death remains a permanent myth that permeates society. So he's saying this is not just about your waste. This is about your life. Right. He's saying these foods cause heart attacks, strokes, adult and childhood cancers, um, ADHD, ADHD, autism, allergies, autoimmune diseases, and more, and of course, premature death. Well, I mean, genocide, as we, we gave the definition that it's the deliberate killing of a large group of people. 
But I wouldn't necessarily say that the classic sense of genocide fits here because, okay, in a sense where if you did not know what was in the food, which a lot of people don't know what is in the food and they don't know that it's killing them, then, okay, it could be genocide. But many people have a pretty good understanding for quite some time that this food is not good for us in many in different ways. They may not have known all the chemicals that are in there, but they knew that this was not good for them and they knew it was killing them. And so it, there has to be some kind of blend of the definition where it's more like suicide? fast food suicide, right? Mm -hmm. Because we those that knowingly know this and still eat it, they're committing suicide and those that don't know it, it's genocide, but there's some kind of blend between the two. It's true. It's 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 because I can't say that I didn't know that there were chemicals in the fries. Right. I'm still eating the fries and I'm going, and, and every time I eat it, I go, hmm. And then I dismiss it. I let it go. And then right. I just continue to do what I'm doing. But th there's a reason why we are dismissing it. Because it has properties that are. What? Addictive? Addictive. That's it. I was searching for the word. Sorry. Oh, I didn't know. I thought you were trying to like surprise me or <laughs> have me like, like give me surprise. like surprise. I didn't know what was going on. Right. I, I was I was searching for the word. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but it has addictive properties. And so because of these addictive properties, which is another element that they put inside of our food to make it addictive, we cannot help it but kill ourselves. So after we tell you what is in there, after we have this podcast, after you are knowledgeable, after you research <laughs> it, you probably are still going to eat it. I know. And and this is that is what's sad. We have really talked to our family here and we have tried to make a commitment to really eat as much healthy, natural food as possible. And when I say as possible, it's because I think I'm giving an excuse to say, well, when we travel or maybe when we're at a friend's house, but really there should not be a compromise. Right. You could always pack some fruit in mm -hmm. a cooler. There's uh, pack a salad in, in, in a cooler so that you can keep things fresh. Mm -hmm. And there's Walmart everywhere we go. Like mm -hmm. you can't travel in the United States without a Walmart. And if there's a Walmart, then there's fresh fruit. So right. like there is no excuse these days for us not to eat that way. But we will have these excuses because we're addicted. And the truth of the matter is, is that have you ever like dealt with addictive personalities, even addicted to drugs? Um, what is the process when you when you are working with addictive uh, patients? Some of them, what they do is they'll go, they'll get detox because they know that they probably shouldn't be on it. But some of them will get detox because they know that when they get that drug again, the high is going to be better. And so mm -hmm. some people are even trapped in the cycle of getting off of this food and then getting back on it when the craving starts to really hit them. And when you're detoxing a person that is on addictive drugs, let's not talk about food per se, but let's just say drugs, they start sweating, they start feeling irritable, they start getting headaches. Their body is really going through a really hard transition when they're detoxing. The same thing happens. Try to get off of sugar if you are a big sugar freak. Try to get off of this fast food if you have been addicted or have been eating a lot of fast food you're gonna feel miserable your body is gonna start actually feeling sick because you're gonna feel the effects of your body trying to detox and so just like every other addictive property you're going it's gonna be a very difficult journey to get off of it mm -hmm. well he he's 
he says that one of the reasons why we all continue to eat this way is that we see everyone around us eating. Right. So it gives us this sense of um, false security that, well, if it, it can't be that bad because Everyone's look at this it. lineup at Chick-fil-A and look at all these people with their craft macaroni and all that. Like these thinking, we are thinking, well, it just can't be that bad. But if we were to every day see the results of this in the hospitals or at the morgues, we would all be astonished and we would probably stop. He said, the choice to eat unhealthy food may seem inconsequential, but he says it is not, it does not just make us fatter, but it actually contributes to not just health, but social problems, including diminished intelligence, ADHD, like we mentioned, but also reduced educational and occupational opportunities, increased drug addiction, violence, and crime. Now, I think a lot of people are like, what? How in the world? does fast food do this? One of the things that him and his collaborator, uh, Robert Phillips, one of the things they really highlighted in the beginning, and this and he's not a black doctor, um, Dr. Furman, but he talked specifically also about the dearth of markets in the African-American urban community, and, and, and really in any urban community, but he's, he's focusing on some of the challenges of African-Americans mm-hmm. in the sense where he's saying that part of the problem that has been um, plaguing our health here in America is that with no access to fresh food, we are, we are more susceptible to all the mind-changing chemicals from all this Franken food, which increases um, certain aggression and certain behavioral things, and he he has studies that are that he's backing up with this, but he talks about some of the uh, challenges with our health. He said, "You have, as an African American, you are forty-seven percent greater have a greater chance of having high blood pressure." an 80% greater risk of experiencing a fatal stroke, a 50% greater risk of dying from heart disease, twice as likely to have diabetes, four times more likely to have severe kidney disease, more likely to get cancer and die of it, and more than twice as likely to get Alzheimer's. And this is not something that is just because our DNA is somehow that is different. It's not. But most of the problem is that in our communities, we are lacking markets and 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 access to fresh food so that we can keep our bodies healthy so right. it's just a, a plague in our community to only have a dollar store or you know um what it just a local convenience store where they sell most mostly just all processed foods right. some dollar stores might have now a little bit of fresh food but it's not enough to actually um, sustain a household just on that. Well, when they do studies with fast food in all cultures and different ethnicities, there are similar results that um, that are impacted on these cultures be just because of the nature of the food itself or the lack of the nutrients in what is so-called food. However, there is a slightly different genetical makeup of each race whether it is asian blacks or white and blacks do tend to have a more um negative effect 
on their body when they consume certain things than other races. So while that it is true that the fast food is impacting them for other reasons other than just genetics because the lack of access to fresh produce, um, th there is a doubling effect because the, the genetic makeup of African-Americans um, it, it, the impact on their body when they consume certain things is even more acute. Yeah, but I feel like that's very minimal compared to what the impact of just the overall diet is. That's very minimal because, right. it, and he makes the case for that in the book, that despite whatever slight variations in our genes, that if we all, if we consumed a more natural unprocessed diet oh absolutely we would be able to avoid all of those absolutely. diseases the, the point the point is not to say that we would get it if we ate healthy mm -hmm. the point that i was making is is that because of the african-american genetic makeup there is a doubling negative effect on it mm -hmm. that's what that's what um research shows mm -hmm. so we have uh, two times we we have two times more uh, reason to eat healthy mm -hmm. because when we eat unhealthy there is a doubling effect on on our bodies. Mm -hmm. He talks about the fact that he we we had to go through this in our country with cigarette smoking. How you know it just just maybe what forty years ago, fifty years ago, more than half of adults smoked. Now it's a small, a much smaller percentage, and it was just a fight to basically have the education out there that this is not healthy. But he's making the case that fast food, which he defines as, you know, food served at commercial chain restaurants where processed meats, pizza, burgers, french fries, pretzels, soft drinks, and rich desserts are made in an assembly line process with commercial ingredients. And secondly, any commercially made food that includes artificial ingredients, processed grains, sweeteners, salt, and oil with minimal nutri nutrient content, he's saying that actually that is even worse than smoking because mm. we consume it all day, every day. There was a show um, that we used to watch where it showed people eating strange things. Oh, um, uh, strange addictions. And what Andrew was it Zimmerman? Was it Andrew? No, it was when people were like, could not stop eating string like they were addicted to oh oh that was on tlc yeah my, my strange addiction I think. my strange addictions yeah. exactly and they would eat like the filling of a couch or i remember you know? one lady ate <laughs> um the the filling of a diaper the filling of a diaper the lining of a diaper yeah like they just could not the stop worst eating one that. was when that woman was eating the ashes of the in the oh, urn oh, oh, i can't remember oh, who had died if it was her mom or and she somebody felt like she needed to eat the ashes though so, so she was addicted to when it when i saw when i saw that show to see all the strange things that people were eating that was you when you look at that you're like what is wrong with these people but the truth of the matter is 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 that we have been bamboozled they put a little flavor to some of those strange things and now we're all eating it. Put a nacho flavor and we put it in our mouth. Put a put a barbecue flavor, we put it in our mouth. And as long as it tastes good, we put these strange things in our mouth. And these, it, I mean, we might as well like, just stop and think, like pick up a rock and put it in your mouth and swallow it just because you sprinkle salt on it. Like, come on. Well, first of all, that reminds me of something I just saw in Haiti, how they make the mud cakes. They put a little bit of salt and oil and they stir it up with dirt and water 
let it dry out in the sun. And those are mud cakes that people are eating. And you know what? They're it, doing that because they don't have a choice. Yeah, they have. It's it's, like, it's either they don't that even or feel hungry because it, right. it has no nutritional value. None. Well, isn't there places in Africa where they will eat dirt in order to get the rich nutrients of the dirt? Like the iron or something like that? Like people I don't that are. I think so. There is, there is a condition where when people are deficient, they no, eat. No, no, that's pica. That's something pica. totally different. Okay. This is literally people making cakes, selling it in the market. These little, these cookies made out of dirt. And the adults don't eat it as much because they're, they're ashamed. But the kids eat it more because they feel, because... You know, they don't have that same kind of shame, but also they don't want to feel the gnawing hunger of starvation. Mm. So and and, and it's just it. That's what it reminded me of when you said, well, just swallow a rock and put something on it, because it's like you we scoff at them eating dirt, but we're eating a whole bunch of toxic chemicals. We're eating artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, pesticides anti-foaming agents Mm. emulsifiers stabilizers thickeners cleaning chemicals whitening chemicals packaging components we're eating all of that and Mm. we're saying we're better than the people eating dirt cakes we're we're actually worse because they don't have a choice because of their economy and because of just all the things that has happened to haiti over the years they don't have a choice we're actually worse we have a choice we could actually eat things that bring nourishment to our body and we're choosing to eat the dirt cakes. Our son was at church and during the time of his lesson study, he had a snack and they had passed out like I think different crackers and things. And he said he tried this thing called Takis. I haven't had it, but I've seen other people eat it. Now, I personally do not feel that they should have brought Takis to um, to to hand out to children. I, I was I was really irritated with that. Without because, them asking parents Yeah, because first. it's such a strong ingredient. So he says, oh, it was so hot. It was so hot. And I'm like, why are they giving children this these, these hot, um, I don't even know what they are, I guess chips. So he said, I want you to try it, daddy. So later on, he got um, my husband a bag and my husband tried one and I immediately almost, i almost fell out it was you were so like Ew, oh my goodness this is it was poison he said this tastes like poison and i actually like chips like i have had like i have had flavored chips that are spicy that was not the point the point was this thing just tasted like poison it really exactly. did exactly and they're handing this out to kids and if i were to read the back i would have just seen fake chemical after fake chemical after fake chemical oh yeah and All this is the stuff. kind of stuff that we are monosodium glutamate to maltodextrin our sodium disetrate is that the ingredients yeah these are some of the things in it yeah. i don't know what it is but i mean like even monosodium glutamate like, well the msg you know, the msg you know but it's just crazy like ugh. exactly it's, it was really disgusting i i couldn't even believe that they were serving this to kids and serving it without parental permission. I mean, it's just unbelievable. They have um, propylene glycol, um, silicone dioxide, silicone. Like, I I don't even want to know. Like, please don't tell me this is actual silicone. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just like, and this is what we are feeding our children this is the kind of stuff that we are eating ourselves 
And it really is um, committing fast food suicide or fast well, food he, genocide. In the book, he says fast food is suicide on an installment plan. Right. So I think that he couldn't sell as many books saying fast food suicide. Right, you right. Know, I think he, he kind of knew because I don't know. A lot of people would have said, oh, I'm staying away from that. You know, he talks about even the meat. So a lot of people think when they go get meat, mm-hmm. oh, I got to watch out for the hormones. I got to watch out for the fat. So but there's organic. other stuff that they are putting in there. Mm-hmm. They're even putting high fructose corn syrup and salt mixed into the meat before they even, you know, give it to you. So they're injecting even meat with this high fructose corn syrup, which a lot of people know by now is really bad and really toxic. Mm. And he talks about the fact that all of this food has so much sodium and so much sugar. He, you know, you could get, I think, I can't remember, I'm trying to look for it, Mm -hmm. but there is, even in like a soda, you could get as much as like 50 teaspoons of sugar just in one drink. Right. Just in one. And one typical KFC meal, 3,000 milligrams of sodium. And I think a lot of people are like, yeah, but. It tastes so, so good. Yeah. And you know <laughs> what? I drink water and uh, my blood pressure is good. But we need to get into the fact that all of these things start to affect your DNA and your brain. Right. It is so true. So he's saying that the evidence indicates that your emotional well-being, willpower, determination, work ethic, patience, concentration, creativity, memory, and intelligence all depend on exposure to sufficient nutrients and healthy food throughout life. He says it's impossible to have normal brain function and a healthy emotional life when the majority of your food calories come from fast food. Not only are these processed foods leading to premature disease and death, they are also leading to brain damage. And people would think, no, that's just not that's just not possible. But but think about it. Why would it affect every other organ and in your, your body but not your brain? Exactly. It, it doesn't make sense. It has to. All these, when, when, when this food breaks down in your system, it releases the toxins and the waste. And your body has a difficult time clearing all of it out. And where does it settle? Settles in your blood, settles in your organs. Wow. And you, and including your brain, and you are not going to be thinking right. You're going to be more prone to depression, more prone to aggression. He wasn't like what he said earlier about the African-American communities. He was just talking about the fact that in those urban communities, there are less options for this healthy, natural food. And some of these changes in people's moods and are, are you can see it right there. But it's not just for, of course, African-Americans, and that's not what he's saying. Right. He's just trying to point out that we need to make sure that they're not food deserts, that we have healthy markets and options in those communities. But what he's saying, though, this is affecting all of us. That's right. All of us. All of us who consume this on a daily basis. So we were talking to our children, and we are just sharing with them that don't just take this as it's going to affect just me. Because especially our daughters, um, these things pass on through genetics. 
Yes, he said it starts to change your genes, and you right. are passing this on to the, to next, the next generation. generation. And especially children, firstborn children, get most of the chemicals that pass on from a mother during the pregnancy process. So all the and chemicals, all the drugs, all the all the things that build up, all these chemicals that build up passes over. The vast majority passes over to the firstborn through breastfeeding, through the pregnancy process. But then, you know, it also passes on to your other children. And so when we see all these degenerative diseases that are passing on to, to children, um, much of this is in part because of this lack of nutrition in the diet. Yes, definitely. And so we were telling them, you know, we you're not just thinking right now about yourself. You're thinking about your future children. That's right. And you need to make steps right now and change the way you're eating now because no other generation before is eating as much fake food as the generation we're currently living in not i mean even we grew up on fast food but right. our fast food was not even as bad as, as this, this fast, fast food. food so so when we're coming down with the cancers and when we're coming down with all of these diseases it's coming a little bit later uh, to this generation as far as the in the masses is mm -hmm. concerned percentage wise but if you notice there is high percentage of cancers and high percentage of certain degenerative diseases that are passing younger and younger because kids are being raised first of all without breast milk mm -hmm. so they're not being fortified right by the natural um mm -hmm. uh things the mm -hmm. antigens that are passing through the mm -hmm. breast milk and so they're already at a disadvantage. Their their immune system is not built up even as babies. And so just for that lack of um, immunity boosting and protection, things are starting to develop earlier and earlier for children and babies. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 really sad. It's we're, we're in a crisis situation right now because, you know, this is going on right underneath our noses and no pun intended. But, you know, right underneath your nose is your mouth. <laughs> well have we scared you yet have we scared you with this fast food and processed food i was scared yeah and you know what the challenge is honestly one of the challenges of technology is is that we are accustomed to getting scared aren't we like i i can think of like a thousand things that i have seen on the internet stories and and um they call it what do you call it? Um, those stories that are scare tactics. What do they call those? Um, where people think that you're going overboard with news. What's that? Um, Red meat? Clickbait? Clickbait or... Um, Shark? Theories. Um, oh. What do you call it? Those theories? Conspiracy? Uh, conspiracy theories. So everything is a conspiracy theory because it goes overboard and it shares in graphic detail all the things that are happening behind the scenes. And I feel as though people are just just filled with it like it's just they're over it so we will be wowed by all of this information and maybe a day maybe a week and then people are just like they're just back they're just over it it doesn't matter if there is a group out there that is mass murdering somebody it doesn't matter if there is this food that is happening it doesn't matter if there's this thing because at the end of the day we're just tired we're just overloaded with information of being bombarded by all the things that are dangerous, all the things that that are hurtful. And um, and so I think that people are going to hear this and they're just going to be like, whatever. That's right. He has a nice long chapter, if you read this book, about, I shouldn't say nice long, but it's a significant chapter on the history 
of what happened from slavery to now in the black community. And again, this is not a black doctor, but he is pointing out why we are where we are in our communities and why we need to make a push for access to health, healthy food in these communities. He, it's, it's astonishing. It's astonishing when you read the history and you see what, what happened. And I just, I, I remember working in a community. Um, this was when we were in New York. And I remember driving in, I was working in a hospital there. And when I would drive into this community, I literally couldn't believe how just, there were just, I saw, you know, rundown homes, but no markets, not a, not a supermarket anywhere. Right. Saw a convenience store and maybe $1 store, but lots of corner stores. Yes. Lots. Liquor stores. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I didn't find not one supermarket. I, I just couldn't believe it. And I said to myself, well, maybe it's just here. But the more I read about these things, the more that I am becoming more knowledgeable, I'm seeing that this is very common. And then we wonder, we wonder, and then we look down on certain communities and we say, why can't they just get it together? Why don't they just make better decisions? And it's like, hello? This is what's happening. Right. This is what is happening. I saw a, on YouTube, I've been looking at different videos. I especially like Dr. Greger. He does um, nutrition facts. And he always goes through studies every year. And he breaks them down so nicely and simple. And he talked about, um, one of those studies was this, um, the Hispanic paradox or something like that. And he was saying that on average, they are long, they live very long. Right. Even if they're sedentary, they live very long. And he said there are studies that have been on it and they don't understand really what it is, except when they really drill down to the diet, they realize that they eat a lot of meat. I'm sorry, did I say meat? Please <laughs> yeah. scratch that. They eat a lot of beans. Beans. Right. And... Um, it made me think about these other YouTubers that I saw. There was these two Hispanic guys and, um, and, a, and a black guy, and they're all friends. And the black guy, he was overweight. He had, and he's not even 30. He's overweight. He had a stroke. He has a tumor, and he has blood clots. Meanwhile, the other two, slim, trim. And they're probably eating much of the same They're probably eating thing. a lot of the same, except... That when they go home to when mom, they go home exactly they're and eating when more they were beans children, even with their girlfriends right. they're cooking up rice and and refry beans and rice and beans and things like that right and 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 we we were just looking at what could be the discrepancy and we believe that that's partly it partly that yeah in our culture it's more like oh what's our food oh mac and cheese and corn um, cornbread and biscuits and things like yeah. that and pork fat inside of our right. greens and you but know. And, and this is to me I found this interesting too and I lived for a bit in Toronto, I saw that, first of all, there's hardly any obese people over there. Not like here. There's right. just hardly any. And the, most of the people are they're eating. They're not super skinny either, though. They're not super skinny, but they're they're healthy. Right. But I would say this, like there are some overweight people mm -hmm. because clearly this fast food 
epidemic is everywhere. That's right. But for the, a lot of people, they majority, um, the majority were eating foods from their home. So if you went to an Indian neighborhood, they were eating, you know, their rice and right. their curries and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, people were just eating more natural. So my husband, he's, you know, West Indian background. Him and his family, they would eat a lot of rice and peas, which is like rice and beans. They call it rice and peas, but it's beans. And they would eat a lot of like, um, the, what is that? Yeah. They call it ground provision. Right. So explain what ground provision is. It's like yam. Um, actually, I just made some soup with it just last yes, night. Yes, you did. And I had to get start. I had to get used to this 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 soup. I when I first had it, I was like, oh, I don't really like this. But I had to, and not just today. I'm saying like years ago, I had right. to get used to it. And the more I ate it, the more I realized, you know what? Even if you don't particularly like it, like I will never crave it. But I will eat it now because I'm looking around and most of these people are a healthy weight. Why? Because they're eating what is ground provision. Yeah. So um, it's these yams and it's not like sweet potato yams that we're accustomed to. You know, the one that we have at Thanksgiving where it's super sweet and we put marshmallows on it and then we load it up with a whole bunch of brown sugar. No, no, no. it's not that yam. It's like <laughs> a yellow yam that's very starchy. And um, it doesn't have a lot of flavor, to tell you the truth, um, but it's just really hearty. And then, of course, there's green bananas. These are bananas that literally do not ripen like a regular banana. They are green. Um, and ground provision is also this thing called dasheen. Um, and dasheen is uh, sort of like a potato. It's not quite like a white potato. Um, it has sort of like slightly purple edges around the potato, but it's white in the inside. And it has like a very buttery flavor sort of to it um when you eat it um and um like just different um different types of those type of um potatoes there's several different types of yams and different types of potatoes that are put into this soup and and or you don't have to eat it with soup you can take it out after you boil it and kind of just eat it on its own but it's it's absolutely delicious. I, I love that soup. And of uh, course, well, you know, we can agree. Of course, you can. It's all right. <laughs> of course, you put thyme in it and you put mm-hmm. um, like know, I said, all sorts of we, all, I'll all eat spice it because and, it's healthy. But um, you have to I feel like you have to grow up on it to say oh, it's absolutely delicious. Scotch no, I don't think so. I, I need to not have any pepper in it. That's for sure. <laughs> but I remember back in the day when we were leaving, when he was still a pastor and we were leaving a church, they wanted to throw us a brunch. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to have pancakes and waffles and omelets and white biscuits. Flour, and white flour. Yeah, white flour. basically, <laughs> white flour. It almost sounds like you're saying something else. Um, but we are going to have all of that. And I was just, ooh, my, my mouth was watering. Couldn't wait. So get up there the next morning. And what is this? It was spinach. What else was there? Um, Kalaloo, Kalaloo, which Kalaloo is, is like a, a like a spinach. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's the ackee and ackee and saltfish was like this. It's this a fruit. fruit. Ackee is like a fruit, but it's you know, but it's it almost like looks eggs, like scrambled eggs, but, but it's, it's not. not at all. So mm-hmm. it's a trick. And so of course, ground provision is always in in a breakfast like that. You have yeah, green banana, bami, bami which is like a like a bread breadfruit, right? And bami, bami is like um, mm-hmm. I forgot what the what the the thing is, but um, yeah. Bammy's like it's, it's almost like a sort of like a gooey texture when when you fix it and you fry mm. it. Um, yeah, and then and then maybe some fried dumplings. That was the only little white flour they had there. Everything else was basically plant, like vegetables. Plantain, fried plantains. Plantain. Yeah. And this was so many years ago. 
I but they also have butter beans. They also will have butter beans with like okay, like so that with does, oxtail in it and no, you know. what? Not at this. That was not at the brunch. No, it wasn't at the brunch. But I'm just saying that there's you know sometimes they'll have. Yeah, that. I've never seen that at a brunch that I've been to. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe cornmeal porridge, but that's about I had it. Cornmeal porridge, right? But I don't even think they had cornmeal porridge at this thing. Anyway, it was 99% fruits and vegetables, and not in the way that I'm used to. Okay, like cooked spinach. I'm not used to that for breakfast. I was literally inside, just like I was heartbroken. Like what? I had worked myself up. Exactly. I was looking for grits and all that. That's my version of a brunch. But you see what I'm saying? That if you are eating that stuff for breakfast, I'm talking about the healthy food, the 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 food that was actually there. You can see why. In general, there was just not a lot of obesity when I lived in Toronto. There just wasn't. Now I'm not saying there was none, but it just was not on the scale that of what we are experiencing here. Right. So what? Can and my we... grandmother grew up on that kind of stuff, and and she lived to like <clears throat> almost ninety nine, and she was overweight, um, but that was just a part of the the hardiness of her. I think she was obese. G- genetic makeup, and I, that's the ironic she, thing. I but don't she understand lived for why. So long, and she was I, very. Um, I don't understand though why she's very she was strong. obese because she would eat healthy. So I don't know if this was her genes or what. Right. But clearly, even though she was big. She lived so many years, and and don't think she just got big when she was old. Yeah. I, it, I saw old pictures of like her. In her twenties, I, I almost felt I like she was born that way. <laughs> so I true. don't. I mean, she looked like she looked at ninety eight, almost at you know in her thirties and forties. But anywho, what is the solution? The solution he's saying is you have to eat more colorful fruits, vegetables, beans, nuts, right. and seeds in order to be able to um, avoid or prevent or in some cases reverse the damage that is being done on a daily basis. You see, your body wants to heal and it is actively trying to heal itself when it is inflamed or irritated or injured. But what happens is we go and we eat something else that re-injures it. Right. And it it re- needs the help. Exactly. So we are outpacing the actual healing. And if you think you're too far gone, you're not. Because once you start to heal your body with the food you're eating, you will outpace now the injury and you right. will get to a, a measure of healing and in some cases a complete reversal right absolutely and um and the it it's you may, it may not be fast food i mean it's going to take a little bit of time to cook it but it's not a, an, an absorbent amount of time um please do not use a microwave on this on this fresh food because it will kill all the enzymes so that's just not an option but it doesn't take that much longer to just put it on the stovetop reheat your food up or um, just to, to fix a, a, a decent meal. It could take up to just 10 minutes, you know, uh, to, to, to fix a, a decent meal, anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes. But you're saving your life. You're saving many years on your life by doing that, as opposed to trying to just get a really quick burger or really quick fries and a soda, and right. which is just taking away your life. So here you are trying to speed up your meal to speed up your death. Mm-hmm. Why not slow down your meal? Mm-hmm. So they've you can done slow studies down your where they have two plants, and one is fresh water, um, and one is water that was in the microwave and then cooled down. And the plant that gets the water with the microwave dies. All right. So 
we have really for several months now stayed away from using the microwave. I, I will wait. I will just sit there and wait. And a convection oven gets hot really fast mm -hmm. and it heats up your food almost as quick as a microwave. Right. Or warming up on the stove. You know, there's 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 um, also toaster ovens, things like that. Right. So we have definitely tried to stay away from that. Some of you may be listening and even I've thought this like, oh, man, what have I done to my children? What have I done? And he's saying that what you can do to help turn your child's life around is by first keep healthy food in the house only, only healthy food. Right. Do not, just like you don't expose them to drug use or cigarettes or things like that, mm -hmm. only have healthy food and make them understand why. Have a family meeting. The second approach is to model the behavior and eating you want your children to follow. If you want them to do it, you must model it. And don't be afraid that this it's too late. You know, kids' bodies bounce back a lot easier than ours. Right. And, and you, can, you can stop any damage that has already been occurring. One of the things we did was we had a family meeting and we let them know that this is what we've been researching. We've got to make a change. Thank God we were already on the road, but we still had a lot of tightening up. And it's going to be a process and we'll keep you updated on that process because we are really learning i think currently people are like well shouldn't we just finish off this in the house or finish off that i personally do not feel like we should but i think that there's a compromise that can be made in order to get to the end goal you know we don't want people to become obsessed with with the food so I think that whatever, and I, sh and I say that to be transparent so that you don't go home and feel like, I got to just throw out everything. Take it, each, take your situation, don't compare it to someone else's and do what you have to do or what you can do for your household. Because I guarantee any change that you make, even if it's small, will make a huge impact. Absolutely. Because the problem is the cumulative effects of all the toxic food that we have eaten over the years, it takes its toll. And on the opposite end, the cumulative effect of making those healthy choices nutrient-rich will, will turn your life around completely. Absolutely, and just and the take home for this podcast is this: it's it's reminiscent of the title of the book, which is "Fast Food Genocide." Just stop and think about that. People are putting some things in your food that are not food. We're putting things in our mouth that are not food. It's poison. It's intentional. It's damaging. They know it. There is a connection and a partnership between the health companies and the food and drug industry. There is a marriage that's going on. People are okay with you getting sick because they also own companies that will give you medicine that will mask the effects. And so instead of using the peer-reviewed research that proves that food and diet truly can facilitate the kind of strengthening of the body so that the body can fight disease, rather they will push research that shows the benefits 
of drugs on the body that may not cure and will not cure and they know it but they tout that what it will do is it will help you with the effects and this is one of the greatest deceptions you cannot trust that somebody that is pushing a problem is in bed with somebody that is pushing a solution that means that they're married together you can't trust that couple so it's important for you to understand this we are being attacked and we are unfortunately allowing it to happen to ourselves and so if you've heard this it makes sense and you've researched it or you're going to research it and you see it for yourself stop the madness fight the fight the urges fight the addiction save yourself allow yourself to eat a proper healthy nutrient rich diet and begin to build back up your body towards health you're worth it onyx life is about living with great purpose and you can't truly live with great purpose if you're not feeding your body properly so let's really make a commitment we will we will do it right along with you this has been the reviewing fast food genocide how processed food is killing us and what we can do about it by dr joel Berman. Thank you for listening. Join us again Monday through Friday. Show notes are found on theonyxlife.com. Join our Facebook, The Onyx Life. Follow us on Twitter at The Onyx Life and on Instagram at The Onyx Life Official. Now go live that Onyx Life where change comes to challenge. See you next time.